Welcome, everybody, to Maso Menos Mexicanos, a excellent podcast. I messed it up. A Mexican culture podcast. I, I had the subtitle invented after the fact. Hey, everybody, I'm Sammy Gonzalez, a.k.a. The Mexcellence, a.k.a. something else probably in the near future. We're working on the social media. Welcome to the show. Joining me today uh, to my – oh, I did it right this time. To your right, we <laughs> have – this week. I know. Our special uh, – <laughs> one of our rotating cast members coming and joining us for this show. We have – Oh, Alyssa. Hey, guys. What's up? She's back once again. And <laughs> in the position down beneath me, people don't like I heard uh, some of our podcasts on SoundCloud and Spotify. When I say like down below, we're on like a Zoom style type of show presentation <laughs> for a video. So when I say down below, I'm actually pointing to someone who's actually beneath me because I don't think less of the man underneath me who is. Marco, how's everybody doing today? And then to my. Are you right. messed it up? Nope. I totally did. Other uh, direction. <laughs> It's the opposite of what you think it would be. But down to our diagonal, we have our special guest. So with Maso Menos Mexicanos, our fourth seat is rotating with just our friends, family, and specialists in the topic that we're talking about today. Marcos will get into our topic a little bit more, which is music. But we have joining us Nicole from Baltimore. As we said in the pre-show, she has successfully not been murdered uh, for, I don't know how long she's been there, but she has been successful in not being murdered and is, uh, what I've heard, uh, a little a little bit, maybe a little bit of a musical enthusiast. So, Nicole, if you could just introduce yourself and uh, rally, uh, you know, spout off some of your expertise in the realm of music. Well, all right. Howdy, friends. I'm Nicole. So, um, I mean, I guess I would say right now I'm just listening to a lot of Taylor Swift. So, like, Woo! that's kind of where I'm at in my life. Tay-Tay! Um, Music-wise, I was a college radio DJ for five years. And so that was, like, my jam. Um, I was really annoyingly, uh, like, a music snob. <laughs> but now, like I said, Taylor Swift. The Mexican thing, so I actually grew up in Houston. So okay, I grew up feeling Mexican, even though I'm actually Dominican. So, uh, and I was actually at Selena's concert at the Astrodome, the one that's in the movie. And so I feel like that would be my like Tejano kind of like expertise going on right there. Oh my god, that's like that's like that's like being at the moon landing almost. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's like I don't know. Like when you think about the stratosphere of Mexican culture, like events th- like that happen in our timeline. It's like marching with Cesar Chavez, then like any Selena concert ever. Cause my grandma was at the one where she was wearing the cow top. That real famous mm. one. She was at that one. And my grandma had like a doll of it that was signed like a, some sort of Barbie or something. I don't know. I don't even know if they made Barbies at the time or whatever, but she was there and it was like, wow, you were in the scene in the movie, which is actually, they're going to do the second part of the Selena series on Netflix. Did you watch the first part? Cause I didn't. No, not yet. Not yet. I just wanted to watch it all at the same time. And everyone was mad about the hair in that series. But anyway, so college DJ Dominican, I, I didn't, I didn't pin that. Marcos told me and then I completely forgot, but Ultimately, all of our music is, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, rooted in Africa. It's like, I, I, uh, I'll i tell that little bit of a musing a little bit later here. But before we get started, Marcus, could you describe real quick the overall topic other than just music with this podcast? So we had the, our first inaugural episode, which ended up just kind of, so how do we identify as Mexican-American? And it ended up coming down to a lot of political type stuff. <laughs> I thought this would be a way to kind of break up that pace a little bit and just be like, this is a little bit more than just identity politics. This is about like how we as people identify as Mexican American. So 
I or, thought to have a little bit of fun, we'll talk about music. Yeah, or You're, Latinx even, because I don't know, uh, Nicole, uh, we talked about that last episode. You weren't here. What do you identify as? So, well, I I very much appreciate the term Latinx. I don't. That's fine. No, I that's fine. See, I mean, like, I am, I guess, like, <laughs> under that umbrella. Right. But I'm just, I'm a Latina. There I'm you go. Like a Dominican American. I'm like, I'm brown ish. Um, so, would you go as far as saying Afro Latina? Because a lot of Dominicans would say that. So, <clears throat> I actually dated a guy who only dated me because he thought I was Afro Latina. I am technically my dad's black ish. Um, is that the official term? <laughs> it's, because he would never say he is. But, oh. like, skin color wise, <laughs> right. he's totally black. But he was like, Dominican. My dad is, Yes, my so, dad is a hundred percent a black man. Have you seen the joke where someone says, "I know black, I'm Dominican." Yes, you've seen that. So your dad's that okay. guy. I my mean, dad is that man. Right. Um, and so, well, yes, technically I am Afro Latina. I feel like as I'm very white passing or like ethnically ambiguous, so I feel like it's just like not fair for me to use that term. Right, and you said you grew up in Houston, huge Mexican population. I can't yeah. imagine there's a lot of a uh, much. La, Latino, Latina diversity there other than Mexican cultures. So, I mean, they're there. Surprise. Houston is a big melting pot. Of course. There were some. Of there course. But, I mean, just culturally, when there's a lot of Mexicans in one spot, you think they're going to especially point out the Salvadorian, especially point out the Ecuadorian. Yeah, yeah exactly. But that goes into a lot of other stuff that we're going to get to eventually. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but before we get into all that, before we get into this topic, we have to thank our sponsor. Guys, we're sponsored. We're sponsored. It's very special sponsorship. I mean, it's just me, but we are sponsored. MexMerch.com. That's MexMerch. Oh, wait, can they hear me? Oh, they can still hear me. All right. But MexMerch.com is our premier sponsor for this evening. So if you are a real sponsor, though, we're always open to selling ourselves out. But for right now, you can go to MexMerch.com, get yourself a shirt, get yourself a hat, get yourself something nice for yourself, for your lady, for your man. We have all sorts of things you can get. Uh, we got home goods. You cold? I mean, it's like kind of fallish going into summer, but if you're still cold, we got blankets and, uh, you know, it's not all Mexican themed stuff. We got all sorts of designs for everybody. So if you like what you see here on this rolling video, go ahead and go to MexMerse.com, support your local Mexcellent podcast. And if you're watching live on Twitch during our pre-show and our upcoming commercial break, you can find a 10% off discount for your entire order. That's right. 10%. It's a lot. I mean, it might not be a lot, but she's better than paying full price. Probably could help you with shipping or whatever. But also, if you're here on Twitch watching us live, be sure to follow us on Twitch. That'd be greatly appreciated. Subscribe on YouTube. Find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are available by searching The Mexcellence Podcast. So just be sure to show us some love, and we will be there for you through thick and thin. We're going to be here forever, so don't you go anywhere. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Now to the show. Marco, now you're in the lead seat. Take us to where we got to go when it comes to our music podcast. So I've broken this down into like three different topics. And the first is like, how did, what is the Mexican-American influence you had growing up? Uh, And I'm actually going to pass the ball to Alyssa to start off the podcast and be like, hey, what did, what was your Mexican-American influence in the sound, in the city of Eagle Pass? The city of Eagle Pass itself, Locos. No, I, for the most part, um, like I talked about in the last podcast, I spent a majority of my earlier life with my grandparents. And my grandmother always had this radio station on called El Lancherito de la Lide. Do you remember? El Lancherito de la Lide. But yeah, so a lot of things like that grew up. Um, with Gary Hobbs, because he was from Eagle Pass. 
things like that. Um, but I would say apart from like my mom's parents, my other influence in like music wasn't necessarily like Mexican American based. It was like very, like my other grandmother like strictly listened to gospel music. And then my dad was very much into metal. And my mom <laughs> was a, a disco queen. Oh no. <laughs> or, oh yes, I should say. <laughs> so w- when you listen to gospel music, was it Spanish gospel? Like, oh, sana. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I wish. No, it was just regular American gospel music. I kind of tuned it out, to be honest. I know, <laughs> they influenced like, so much music, like rock and roll and roll, things like that, but I just, it's just not for me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Nicole, what was your experience with Mexican-American music? Um, well, like growing up in Houston, I guess like it was everywhere. Um, and then like another story for another time, I just didn't really want to be Latina, I didn't want to be brown, I didn't want to be Mexican, and I was like the only brownish person. So I kind of steered away from anything Latin growing up. But it was always around in my house. My mom played Dominican music. There was mariachi at every single event that we were ever at. It's like my dream to have a mariachi at my wedding. Um, and <laughs> but and then also shunned away like text like country music because I think growing up in Texas, you're like, oh, anything but country. That's like the thing that you always say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and I think the older I got when I moved away from Texas, I actually started listening to more Mexican music because I was so homesick um, that it was so familiar to me. I started listening to a lot of Tejano music. I started listening to just um, like ballads like Luis Miguel. I started listening to a lot of um, just like Spanish music in general just to tie me back to my hometown. Um, and then, yeah, so that's kind of like my thing. I, I was very much a pop princess, Britney Spears, the whole Oh, yeah. I'm about that, too. Is it my turn now, Marcos? This this is exactly your turn. This is just the intro, right? This is not even getting into our experience just yet. No, no. So so just as a heads up, what's it called? The contents of this podcast are going to be – because I feel like when it comes to music, there's what your parents play for you. And then when you become a teenager and it's like you explore a little bit and we'll see where that road takes you. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to just talk about now what me, what Mexican American or even like Latin artists like, because once we get to now, it's a bigger blend of right. anything. Right. Okay. Well, that, then that makes mine even funnier because I did not like Mexican music growing up. So I grew up <laughs> in, like I said, maybe not the best part of Fresno, California. And it's less that it was around my family because I'm technically a third generation. So my dad grew up listening to the Beatles and listening to seventies, the earth, wind and fire, the, all that type of music, stuff like that. And my mom, like Patsy Cline and Judy Garland, stuff like that. So that's what I listened to growing up. But because I lived in downtown Fresno, the people next door were in a banda during the summers every fucking night. And I, and pardon you, uh, audio listeners. <laughs> every fucking night. And they were next door and I would try be trying to sleep. I'm six years old. I need my nutrients and my restful sleep. And the face is just vibrating from the base of them playing their shit. They weren't good. They're shitty, shitty banda. So I really didn't like it in that context. But then you'd go to like my cousin, uh, my cousin uh, Guillermo, his house. Uh, they'd always have Mexican music on. You go to functions and they'd have kind of a mixture of like those kind of 70s tracks thrown in with Mexican music. So one day it'd be 
uh, you know, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, then the other time it would be Tower of Power, and the other time it would be some sort of banda or Mexican music, uh, chente or whatever. And then the other side of my family, on my mom's side, they're from Texas. So I would get like Tejano music that I didn't realize was Tejano music. It was all Mexican to me. So I'd be like, hey, baby, que paso? Like, I grew up with that song, <laughs> the same as you guys grew up with that song being native of Texas. And I thought it was the only vato. Los Lonely Boys, eventually? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> Los Lonely Boys. Right. So, so eventually, I, I well, that's kind of where my trajectory was, where it's a, it's a love-hate where, like you said, Nicole, it's kind of a familial thing where uh, it reminds you of your family. It's kind of comforting when you're drinking a beer and you hear the music. You're teleported to all those times you were with your family. But if anything vibrates my wall, whether it be modern music or banda, I lose my mind. <laughs> that is a true story. <laughs> well, I mean, I w- I'm going to say I, I took a lot of that for granted when I was a little Marco Jr. Because, I mean, I didn't know how small it would be. Like, my cousin, people that are growing up in this day and age, they weren't growing up in the exact, like, ca- cave that it was when I was their age. Mm-hmm. But it's like... When at the point when I was a, a little baby, it was like I didn't know that seventy percent of the the Hano acts were coming from my hometown. Uh, <laughs> so Alyssa brought up Gary Hobbs. He went to elementary school with my mom. Um, Bobby Polido, um, Los Garcia brothers—they're all from my hometown. Like literally, like a couple blocks away. I didn't think it was a big deal until the Hano music was kind of in the rear view mirror. Like I think <laughs> there's no, the Hano superstars, they kind of died with Selena, mm-hmm. but it's, it was like a really amazing thing to grow up into. Like I, I didn't think at 30, I mean, well, I was, I wasn't 32 then, but it was like, I would miss growing up at a carne asada, looking with the fire on and then hearing Ramon Ayala in the background kind of stuff. Like it's, it's completely different now. Right. But it's a very like, I don't know, like it was a very specific time to be there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I grew up with. And then as I grew out of it, because like kind of like Nicole, it was like I ran away from it in a way where it was just kind of like, no, I, I got to find my own scene. I got to find my own like musical place. Right. I mean, it's kind of like um, I think uh, I had a Spanish teacher that was like, Nobody wants to learn how to dance like that, uh, traditional Mexican folklore anymore. Like, cause he was a teacher for yeah. that. Uh, scenes just die. Like, it's just how, how it's meant to be at a certain point. Right. And it's funny you bring up that, like folklorical music and stuff like that. I never yeah. did that. My sisters, I think did one year of it, but my cousins, the ones that we'd go to the parties to, yeah. their kids are doing it now. And like, it is rare. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of silly. It's like, all right. I mean, not silly in the sense culturally, but silly in the sense like, all right, you're six, go dress in a Philly dress with your shoes, tap around and, and do the thing as best you can. And then they get older mm-hmm. and then if they like it, they like it, they keep on with it. Right. But I found out like getting little boys to do that. To be the the other end of the spectrum for that type of dancing, hardly exists. So my teacher that brought that up, he was saying when he was a boy, they were doing it on horses. Oh shit! So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it would be a lot cooler, honestly. Right, but that's the overall thing. It takes so much more talent to get to the point where you're dancing with the horse doing right. The cool. <laughs> right. So he was like. No one gets to that point, so that's pretty much a dead style at this point. Right. Reserved for maybe a couple individuals who have family business or family tradition, right? Pretty much. Because yeah. like unless my kids want to do it, they can when I have kids. But otherwise, 
I'm not going to force them to. It's never anything that I was particularly grown up with or interested in, but I understand the value of it. It's just like any other dance class, right? So yeah, I don't know. That that's just interesting to me that that even just that part of even traditional type of music within the culture is like starting to become a fringe. You know, almost, almost. It's it's um, not as elegant, but it's like Mexican jazz at this point. Like it's like played by old people at barbershops at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. But fringe is when it becomes cool. Right. So like maybe that this is like the, the moment when like it's going to come back because right. I feel like that those fringe things end up becoming really cool in like three, four years. Right. So the only time I've seen like that kind of style hit the main, the mainstream was when uh, the little, the Spurs were in the, NBA championship mm-hmm. and they had a dude sing the, uh, they had a little boy wasn't it was a little it? boy he's like he's like 12 saying the yeah. national anthem mariachi kid yeah in mariachi outfit yeah, and then the, he got a whole bunch of like racist hate mail or some shit <laughs> yeah like that. No, so like half of america was like that's cool little kid in a trajet <laughs> singing the you know the national anthem perfect example of san antonio and america little mexican kid in his own traditional garb singing the most american song you can and people are like no fuck that wet bird beating blah, 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 blah. and it's like he's 12 but now he's like 14, 15, 16 now. And he's like, oh, yeah, people are assholes. <laughs> like he actually realized it at the time, thank God, and was able to do it. But that's that's kind of the funny thing about, and we'll get into it, Mexican music, Spanish music in general. Because for a while there, we had, there it is. Uh, there's no audio on it, but yeah. Oh, I didn't even know the Castros were there. Uh, yeah, so they're introducing them uh, here. Let the me- American Castros. Oh, <laughs> Fidel Castro is there. But no, look at Sebastian de la Cruz if you want to listen to him. But um, there's no audio. Marcos, potentially, if you can. Uh, no, I, I just muted it. Uh, oh, it was just to show that he was there. But like, no, the, the image of imagery is what I was going for. Yeah. And that's what pissed people off. <laughs> right. It's, it's wonderful imagery. But like you said, it pisses people off. And to Nicole's credit, that folklorical dancing, just specifically to that, is one thing that the. BuzzFeed, Facebook, Mexican corporation conglomerates haven't really focused on yet. So I think that's our that's our hook. I mean, I've seen the Takis <laughs> the conglomerate. There you go, the Takis, <laughs> the Hot Cheeto conglomerate. Uh, everything is pan dulce, the avocado, guacamole. You know the you know that we're only five foods, right? Tacos, tortillas. Uh, 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 Topo Chico Chico doesn't have a big hook in the uh, West Coast, but it's getting there, I learned. So, like, we don't have a coast. It doesn't have a hook on the East Coast, Nicole. It does. They sell it for like five dollars at like this super hip Mexican restaurant that's down the street. And it's it's really annoying. It's like gentrified (laughs) Mexican soda water. It's it it really bothers me, but it's good. Right. (laughs) It's good, but it's like, yeah. But it sounds like when you add Mexican to Coke, they can sell it for two more dollars here. Right. I'm like, it's just real sugar. Like. <laughs> right. High fructose corn syrup is practically the same thing. What do you want? <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. That is a whole other conversation. <laughs> like a Marco's like, ah, oh, music, it's going to be fun. So Nestle taking over the water sources. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, but like music, going back to like music though, um, us growing up, we're all mid twenties to mid thirties. Uh, that's just we're being generous here. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm elderly, and so um, you're the youngest person here. Shut then. up! Don't <laughs> ruin the illusion. I'm, I'm elderly. Old. I I'm not even gonna go there. So we all grew up in the Latin invasion, 
that was pretty interesting as well. I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, roughly around the time of Ricky Martin. I mean, Menudo was a little bit prior to that. Um, uh, Enrique Iglesias, uh, Gloria Stefan. That was a lot of the music that started taking off in that kind of late 2000 or late 90, early 2000 era. I want to know how that influenced you guys in terms of uh, fighting back. Because Marco and Nicole were talking about fighting back against kind of those types, that type of music. Did you guys, were you guys into that? Or maybe you, Alyssa, were you into that kind of Latin invasion as they call it now uh, era of music? Because that was right at a pivotal point where our music tastes either uh, grow or solidify roughly around that age. So how did you guys think of that era? There were like a couple of music videos like on MTV Tres that I was into. Like I would say the one band that stood out to me like the most during that era was like Bella Nova. Like okay. yeah, yeah. Love Bella Nova. Love Bella Nova. Yeah. Let me see. Let's say Shakira. Shakira. I, was about to say, I remember Shakira just being like, "Oh, it's Latin Britney Spears. That's great." Right. But Shakira <laughs> was like way cooler when she was like just speak doing her Spanish speaking. But she's way cooler in general, like in retrospect, but she wasn't at that point. Sorry, I'm just getting my things set up because I want to bring up some of these clips for some of these artists since I can look up some of these things and set that up beforehand. Apologize for that. Oh, my gosh. Everything's right. My first uh, while you're doing all that, my first like run in with Ricky Martin was him doing the World Cup song, which is awesome. That's my favorite. (laughs) That's my favorite song of his, I think. I felt like the World Cup, even at that time, was just so much more magical because of that song. It like, was. I don't know if you oh, get older, you, like, miss that. Like, it's kind of like Christmas isn't as exciting. For me, the World Cup isn't as – it never got more exciting than when Ricky Martin was singing that was the Fra- Cup of Life. France, 96, right? I want to say it was France, 96. It wasn't France, but it was 96. It was 96. I think France won. But, Fran- yeah, but- I was about to say, France won at home. So that, but- I know they didn't win 96. Do you really want it? Yeah. yeah. Like, the, the closest thing was the Shakira's, unfortunately, which was a good, fine song for Waka Waka. That was that almost took over as equally, but it really didn't have that oomph from Ricky Martin, you know, singing both in English and Spanish, both versions. I actually had to learn the Spanish version in my Spanish class, which is why I like that song <laughs> even more. But uh, Marcos, what else you got, man? To paint this uh, narrative for Mexico. No, uh, I just kind of wanted to. Stay on the subject of what you're at. Pass the ball to Alyssa and Nicole and say, hey, um, when it did come to that Latin um, invasion that Sam is talking about, because I think it was Ricky Martin, um, Enrique Santana, Santana. It also probably really got his second wave at about that time or second or third wave, depending on how you <laughs> want to see it. Yep. He's, he's been uh, around for I mean, the 70s. He was like at Woodstock. He was there at Woodstock and then went away or didn't go away, but was kind of there. And then there was a, a thing where Santana made a song every five months with whoever pop artist was there. It was like, it was Rob, Matchbox 20. Rob Thomas. Then it was like Michelle <laughs> yeah, that's Branch. That's what I was thinking of, actually. Michelle yeah. Branch, I think he did one with her. And then uh, the guy from Nickelback, he did one. And then uh, another Wyclef yeah. Jean, I think. Wyclef, uh, yeah. he did, and he did one like, but his albums were amazing, Supernatural. But that's um, such a good song. Yeah, look at uh, that. Look how nineties. Yeah, <laughs> smooth by the best Carlos Santana, and he's killing it. He's one of my favorite artists of all I time. I didn't even remember that Matchbox Twenty dude was wearing a cowboy hat when he was doing <laughs> this video <laughs> because he's in Mexa, Brooklyn, Antonio. <laughs> Wherever the hell that's supposed to be at. Some ultimate mecca of Latino culture. But that was the thing. You know, he he was playing that Spanish guitar and people were eating it up. They were eating it up and they loved it. And it was an era where I take it for granted now that we don't have nearly as much of direct 
and and this is I might I might I emphasize this a lot Mexican uh, representation, and then you realize, oh yeah, like uh, Gloria Stefan, she was I forget her ethnicity, but she's Cuban. not Mexican, she's Cuban, and then she's there's. From Miami. I was, uh, that's why Nicole's here because she would correct me on every time. I'm like, that dude's Mexican. No, no. no, they're not. <laughs> right, right, right. But that's the thing. At the time, I'm like, they're all Mexican. They speak Spanish. Hooray! And then you realize, oh, and you run into Puerto Ricans, and they're like, no, we're not the same at all. Right, because you know, dead center of California. There's not a lot of Puerto Ricans. Dead center of California is not a lot of Cubans. That's a long way to go. You know, <laughs> that's like, all right, made it to Florida. All right, let's go all the way across the goddamn country. I do want to piggyback off that, like the, what Marcos was saying about like kind of we're, we were shunning our heritage. So when Shakira's like English album, first English album came out, I actually didn't grow up speaking Spanish. I did not want to speak Spanish. It was not something that I, I hated it. I refused my whole entire life. Um, I'm the first person in my family that did not speak Spanish right. fluently as a child. And my mom actually paid me money to memorize every single song lyric from that Shakira album. And so I actually knew every single lyric. I didn't know what she was saying, really. I mean, I knew like 80% of it. But You, you were, you were learning it phonetically. Yes. So I, that's how I learned Spanish was because my mom would pay. Yes. That music video, I had to learn it in Spanish. My mom, that was like my allowance. I had to learn like Spanish songs. <laughs> that's so crazy it's uh wherever whenever everyone does that so whenever whenever it's and that's the thing shakira was both spanish and english it's so weird that like after the death of selena like it just kind of fell off for just a brief moment and then immediately came back because there was that like, she died what 95 96 96 I told, like, a really funny story about that go ahead or actually no it's a terrible, nope. Uh, do it you said it already you, it's too late you can't Jesus. Um, it was like it was april march right when she um was unfortunately murdered and around that time like my grandfather would always buy me like those little um t- colored chickens that, like that were pink or blue at the flea market um, <laughs> that, that might have just been an eagle pass thing. yeah i was like marco i need your uh, no, no, uh it's not just an eagle pass thing you can buy them here in austin but it's a very weird thing to explain to people outside of that group that it's like so they would dye chickens green and red and blue and we would buy them for like five bucks like real life animals yes like, like a, to take home alive not yeah. not chicks like whole chickens no they were chicks yeah, they're chicks, and then they grow up to be like the, like these. Oh, yeah, exactly like that. Oh my god, is that legal? <laughs> Maybe now. Because <laughs> that thing, I feel like Peta would be really upset right now. I mean, yeah. they're really cute, though. They're yeah. really cute. <laughs> it's very Eastery. I can't. I was like, I can't condone it, but they're very cute. Um, but yeah, so that year, uh, my grandfather had bought me a blue chick. And I was, you know, it was like house learning responsibility by like putting it in like its little cage and everything every mm-hmm. night. So it's dusk and I'm running, I'm actually waiting for the snow cone man in the front yard. Like I have like my quarters and everything ready. <laughs> right. And my grandmother's like, make sure you put your chicken away after, you know, before you get your snow cone. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to get my snow cone and I'll do it. So she comes out and like, she's bawling and she's like, Selena died, but at the same time, I'm freaking out because I can't find my chicken. (gasps) I'm like, that's great. I'm not worried about that right now. I can't find my chicken. And this is very, like, morbid, but, like, I found its little leg. A cat had eaten it. Oh, no. 
That's like the worst day of your life. Yeah. In retrospect, yeah, because I mean, maybe she didn't care about Selena at that point. Not even in retrospect, at that day, it's the worst day. Of your life. It was just so trauma. It was such a traumatizing day. Like it was awful. But yeah, I just remember like not being upset over Selena because I didn't get my snow cone and. <laughs> But I'm also like, I think five or six years old at this time. No, but that's like, so your therapist is like, so when was the day it all went wrong? <laughs> well, there was a thing. I, I had the quarters in my head. The cat ate the chicken. Then Selena died. My mom was mad at me because I wasn't really mad about the Selena thing. I just wanted a snow cone. Yeah. And she's never trusted me ever since. And so me and my mom have hated each other. Because I didn't. Ca- I'm kidding. It's all fabricated. I'm just <laughs> riffing. But no, that's that's awful. Yeah, so that, that, it's just forever ingrained in my head because it's everyone's always like, "Oh, where were you?" We're like nine eleven happened. I have like this joke where. <laughs> so, so you want to know what's even funnier about like Selena? I love that movie. When I was so the movie came out in ninety six, I think the ninety seven the VHS came out. So for my seventh birthday, I wanted the Selena movie because Selena. I watched it and I was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" Because little did I know. Jennifer Lopez in that movie would be the basis of how I find women attractive. Like every every little outfit she's in, I was like, I like that type of girl. What, oh ten? shit! Yeah, no, it was, I think she was. I think she became the blueprint for what I found attractive. Point being, I was five when Selena died. I was younger, and I wasn't into that type of music. So when she died, it flew over me and didn't even pass. You know, my mom might have been upset. My grandma's very upset, but she didn't live with us, so that's fine. So I'm watching Selena the first time, and I'm like, this woman's amazing. And then it just takes a hard right, because <laughs> I'm thinking happily ever after. I didn't know she died. So I'm like, oh, no. And they're like, when did this happen? Like two years ago. And I was like, this happened when I was alive? <laughs> I was so mad because I was like, I'm like, no, but, you know, her music's still there. But I'm like, she's gone forever. How did I miss this? It was one of the first times where I was like, how did I miss this? It's like it being so weird that oh sorry. Oh, saying, it's like being four during when like nine eleven happened, where it's like, hey, you're old enough to know what it is, but you're not old enough to grasp what happened. You know, importance. But yeah, go ahead, Nicole. Oh no, I was just saying like so. Jennifer, it's, I know it sounds bad, but Jennifer Lopez to me is what Selena looks like now because like as I I was I was a child and I watched that movie so much that like that's what I thought Selena looked like. So like right. when I see actual pictures of Selena now, I'm like. Oh, that's right. It's like a different person because, like, my brain wasn't able to like separate the two at that age. So for me, Jennifer Lopez is Selena, and that's kind of terrible. Well, no, it's even funny. I'll take you a step further. I could tell the difference between Selena and tell the difference between Jennifer Lopez, but Selena's music is sang by Jennifer Lopez in my mind. So if I hear, (laughs) so if I hear a Selena song, it's Jennifer Lopez singing it, and I know Jennifer Lopez has a different career. But anytime I hear like I could fall. Uh, that's Jennifer Lopez in my head. Like, oh, it's a Jennifer Lopez yeah. song, clearly. But, um, but yeah, of course, we would talk about Selena. Selena, dominant in the Tejano and Mexican music and American culture. Quite frankly, I mean, you had guys in the seventies. I want to say, was War all Hispanic or Indigenous Indian? I forget. But there's a couple bands that made it during that kind of seventies uh, time that were kind of Hispanic or multicultural. Tower Power definitely multicultural. Well, well, that's where I thought you would go from because when I argued with your cousin about who has more Mexican artists, it was a dumb Twitter argument. But it was <laughs> uh, he was he brought up Mexican funk, and I was I thought that was something you would bring up. I mean, it all stems from Santana, and it's all it stems from that kind of uh, it's uh, Bay Area, a big band type of stuff, a uh, Bay Area. Um, 
oh, what's the word? I, I lost the style of music it is. But yeah, like Tower of Power, if you ever look up them, it's just like horns and keyboards and, you know, singers and stuff. And uh, you even got bands, even like the 90s, also Motley being a band where it's very Mexican, Spanish music influence. But Ooh. like they have a lot of dudes that are like, they have like I think a Dominican in there. They got like a couple of black folk in there. They got all sorts of, they have an Asian guy in there playing some like accordion. It doesn't matter. They just pick whoever. And they put out real good music. Right. Yeah, this they have everything, Tower of Power. Right. And you mentioned Ozomatli, but do you know they're like they're like in a Drew Barrymore movie? I didn't even realize that. They're in a couple. There's a they're they're like, background never been music. Kissed or something. I think never been kissed. They're like in it. They're in a band. And Drew Barrymore is like, they're gonna go to see also Motley play at like what a club movie or is that? I think it's never it I think it's never, never been kissed. Never I think it's kissed. never been kissed. Oh. Where they make like a full on cameo in the movie. And I just realized that. Like, <laughs> uh, I didn't even know they were that old because Sam invited me to see them and I was like, they're playing at the Mohawk. I just can't get the stay off. But I was like, if a band plays for twenty bucks, I don't imagine they're that old. <laughs> they are they are in this movie. <laughs> that is the funniest thing. Yep, that's them right yes. there. But anyway, yeah, that's she's slapping the drum, slapping her ass. Uh, I've not seen this movie. This is all random. But no, they've been around since the nineties, early nineties, ninety two, ninety three, maybe even before that. But that said, that a lot of Spanish influence there uh, in that type of music. But then you go from the Latin invasion, and then this is what I studied. Nine um, eleven happens, and then they go, "We need to close the borders because those damn Mexicans." It's like, wait, what do we do? <laughs> what? What? How did you? No, close the borders. We're done. No, no more. Fuck you guys. And then we just kind of went away. Um, if we want to kind of loop it back to just popular culture, we had a lot of TV shows on Nickelodeon, Brothers Garcia, Taina. There was a lot of Mexican stars. The George Lopez show seeped in when it was our one thing during that era, kind of the uh, early 2000s. Taina was Dominican, I just want to say. Is she? Was she really? Yeah. They, the actual actress <laughs> or the character? I think maybe both. Yeah, what I want to, I what's her, what, what's her actual name? Uh, she has a real name, but I forget. I'll look it up. Point is, we had a lot of representation, and and once again, I just kind of took it as it's all mine because I was Mexican, but you're right. No, there is always uh, different ethnicities that just were Spanish speaking that took over during that time, and we found little kind of bits and pieces here and there, a couple cartoons here and there, but the music kind of just went away, I feel like, and then it was distinctly American pop music. And then, it? well, that's what I'm asking you, Marcos. You you follow music. You guys follow music a little bit more. Well, we're well, we're around 2005. Yeah, that, I was about to say this is where we get into the second part of the subject, where it's just like, so because I grew up kind of like Nicole in the sense where it's like I need to find my own scene. Um, I ended up going full circle in a way. Like I went from one point being like, um man, it'd be really cool to see people making music that kind of look like me or were from the same similar background. Right. And it wasn't there. Like I can probably say in between ages of 10 to 19, let's be generous. Mm-hmm. It was like Maso Menos on the Teen Titans. I would look at people that were just had a Spanish accent and be like, oh, they're, they're, they're Mexican. Like I used to think Ricky Martin was Mexican. Yeah. Just, why wouldn't you? Yeah. He's in a band called Menudo. I eat Menudo. I, <laughs> they're fourth of the transitive property of Mexican. By the way, Taino was Puerto Rican. Or at least Taino's Christina Puerto Vidal. Rican. Christina Vidal is Puerto Rican. And then she, but she played Dominican on the show With- in Washington Heights. <laughs> I have to say it because I will just say it because it's Taino because it's a playoff of Taino Indians. 
They ah. were the natives of the Dominican Republic. Okay. So that's why her name was Taina in the show. But Brothers Garcia were actually, I think they were from Dallas because they, they, they were Cowboys fans, which I hated, but. It was based in San Antonio. San Antonio, even worse or better. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they were Dallas Cowboys fans, which was the worst part of all of it. They had so many other choices being in San Antonio, but they could have been Spurs fans. They had been the one same. other choice if the Texans existed in no, 95. The Oilers did at that time. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but the idea being, though, that's where I was like, that's me. There was a little chubby kid, and that was like, that's me. And John Leguizamo was the narrator, and I knew him. He was some sort of ethnicity. I didn't know he was Mexican or Latino. He's, I still don't know, but he does uh, claim. He's not Mexican. He but, claims yeah. it, though. He claims Puerto it. Puerto Rican? I think he's Puerto, he's Puerto Rican because he was in um, in the past. He's definitely Puerto Rican, and that's an East Coast movie. Uh, what is this ethnicity? No, but he does claim. Uh, oh, he's Colombian. Colombian. That is not what I thought. But, that's not what I would have thought either. But uh, but the idea is he claims it, right? He claims it, and he was he's still out there trying to get representation out there. He's dope to follow on social media. Do so. But um, Marcos, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off a little bit there. No, it's fine. Um, but so outside of gravitating people, like I would want to say that the first, and this is almost embarrassing, the first people that were actually Mexican and were making music and had an impact of what I liked at the time is probably P.O.D., Oh, youth of the nation. Youth of the that was like, that's the song. They were Mexican, or one of them was. Like three of them are like they're really? like Have rock you... star cholos or something like that. Well, like rocker cholos. Oh my god! I didn't even know they were Mexican until they did their cribs episode, and they were talking about like, yeah, man, we're going to the carne asada, and I was like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Let's 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 put a little bit into the ears of the people out there if I can. Hopefully, they can hear it. And they were Christian too. It was like yeah, Christian they were Christian. Rock. It's like something about uh, disciples of something is what their name stood up or something. God dang, that's a that's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> to quote Obi Wan, there. God, I well, that's when I'm like an early teenager, and then. Oh, I think I lost you guys. Give it a moment. Give it a moment, everybody. Give us a moment. We'll be back after these commercial breaks. I don't know why it's doing this thing, but we're doing it anyway. I don't know why my internet gets cut out like it is. But it's okay. We'll be back right here in just a moment. No effects. Time out, Marcos. We lost connection for some strange reason again. I don't know what's going on with my internet. But I lost you there. So you were talking about POD. And we were still here. Like I, I, I know, I but know. we didn't get any get anything on my end. Okay, so uh, so after POD, uh, as me and you have discussed in the podcast, the from there I gravitated to No Effects being the the other representation of who I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've already talked about it that El Jefe is Mexican. Like, let me just play this real quick. And I'm over, I'm still looking at POD. <laughs> I'd like to see who's there. Like, this was the only Mexican dude that I knew that was making music in my scene. But when I was 14, I was like, oh, wait, there is Mexicans making music. Isn't Pantera, aren't some of them, aren't they from Texas or something? I'm not a metalhead, so I I was never going to gravitate towards that. You strike me as a metalhead. I thought you were. 
No, I, I was always a punk person, which is funny because I know your issue with punks. But yeah, my uh, issue with punks. <laughs> I love punks. I get you my bought me a rancid album. How did you not know? I did buy you a rancid, rancid album. <laughs> That's how much I loved you. Oh my god, I would never do that. <gasps> yes, that is how I show my love for people. Um, I buy them vinyl, but there it is. I know. I feel like I like. What's that word? I feel like if you're just punk, you also listen to metal. That could, I don't know. That's like, racist. I know that. I was supposed to say that's racist. <laughs> it's not. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, you're, anyway. you're, you're one of them punk kids. You must love metal, you nasty. Yeah, I like that leather jackets and spikes. It, it does blend into a, at a certain point where it's just like rocks, just in general, not a popular uh, genre right now. So it's like if you listen to one, you probably cross over to all of them. Right. Eventually, but I was—I've never crossed over into listen to like Pantera and Twisted Sister though. That's JJ's realm. Yeah, JJ, definitely <laughs> our, our resident metalhead here. We kind of leave him to his own devices in the corner. I'm—I'm I'm very much pop music guy, as we'll come to discover as we go along here. But well, I mean, I think now it's a good time between uh, between Nicole bringing up Mars Volta and where we're at. It's That's just right. like, hey, yeah, what I mean, from the ages of being like a teenager to discovering music to playing being a dj yourself like what mexican-american artists are did you learn to as like as a time it was like oh wow this dude's mexican i didn't expect that i think i think probably around like 15 or 16 when i like started to like get into music like being able to go onto like the internet and discover things i think that definitely changed how we could find music but i got really into like Julieta Venegas, Atercio Pelados, Enanitos Verdes, like, so just, like, getting into, like, I don't know, the alternative-y, I guess, side of, like, Mexican music, um, and then, yeah, you got, like, Kinky, I'm, like, was a big thing, like, Bella Nova, and so I started to find Mexican music that didn't sound, or, like, Hispanic Latin music that didn't sound traditional. They were speaking Spanish. They're from our cultures, but the music sounded like the music I listened to in English. And I think that that's what changed things was like, oh, like they can make, you know, it's not all like Tejano music. Like they're making cool <laughs> pop and punk and like, you know, indie rock, I guess, music. And that was like the thing I think that changed um, everything. And I got into this like weird, like hippie world music phase where I listened to like a lot of like, <laughs> I don't know, like Latin cumbia and like things like that. A lot of, lot of flutes. A lot of yeah, big a lot flutes. of like bongo drums. I wasn't wearing shoes. It was a weird time. Hey, we all go through it at some point. <laughs> my, my brother went through it with those uh, Target. Remember those Target like ambient multicultural CDs they used to have on that wall? Where it's the like Putumayo or Putumayo something like that, where it's just like, here are the sounds of blank, whatever. And it would just be like, Aztec drums or <laughs> or something like that. It's like, why yeah. is Target selling these? Whatever. Um, but uh, listen, you were a DJ. T- you are a DJ too. When did that, like, when did you start making that switch where you're like, I'm going to start putting this all together because my unique vision of putting this type of music together, my, my taste and my upbringing, when does that come to pass? Like, how old were you when that started happening? Yeah. Um, so it, Basically happened like after my grandfather died. Um, after my grandfather died, I kind of like realized that like a certain part of my life was now like gone with him. And um, I mean, I think I bought like this like, little like Crosby 
$80 suitcase, like record player. Mm-hmm. And um, with Friends of Sound had also just opened here in San Antonio too. So apart from like ordering like vinyl that, you know, isn't just anything nowadays. I think my first record that I ever bought was Childish Gambino. Right. <laughs> yeah, like nothing, you know, too spectacular, but it wasn't until like I found like this specific um, Tigres del Norte like forty five and I was like my grandfather played this endlessly in the car and I know this because I recognize like the cassette kick tape that he had in there right and so it was just kind of you know what you guys were saying like it was now suddenly like a nostalgic thing for me being able to like hold on to a lot of this music um, another thing that kind of like took me into it was. Uh, my dad was a metalhead, but he also really liked like Janis Joplin, yeah. you know, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. So I, you know, also kind of get into like 60s psych music and that kind of had like a really big scene here in Texas with, you know, 13 floor elevators and Rocky X. And, mm-hmm. um, but that psych route kind of introduced me to a lot of the music that I play now. Um, kind of fell into a lot of like Peruvian chicha because that's kind of like the basis of like where psychedelic like kind of started. From. Right, right. And um, from there, like Me- I learned that Mexico has like this really great, you know, psychedelic scene as well. Um, there's this really cool record shop in Mexico City. It's called Discodelic. And I learned a lot of bands through them, honestly. Like there's this really cool band that I'm into right now, Bocaraca. Um, they released uh, 45 not too long ago, but it's really cool. Um, but just falling into that, I started collecting a lot of Texas music. That's based, like the basis of like, what my vinyl collection is. So it's made up of a lot of different components so from Tejano to from Gary Hobbs, Moss, things like that, to um, I have like Paul Wall and Bundy. Yes. <laughs> Paul Wall. Yeah. God. And this is what you blend whenever you do live music? No, I don't really play a lot of like my Houston hip hop records. That's um, a shame. That's a shame. I should. I, I should have like a specific type or something. Um, but yeah, from there, just in like a lot of like really cool cumbia, you know, psychedelic um, bands. Like Los Daddies is a really good one. They're actually from out there in California. Uh, they're on the Disco Mas label. There it is. No, that's... There's a Chilean band you would like, Los Jaivas. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, I haven't. Los Jaivas? It's J-A-I-V-A-S. They're like the... What's that band that we're like in the cults here in America? There's a lot of them. The Grateful Dead? No, it's like a <laughs> more like... the Not Brian's Jones song, Massacre. The, oh, man. Not Flaming Lips, but like they're like that, but the Chilean version. And it's like a family affair. They've been going on <laughs> since like the 60s. So it's now it's like their kids and they just do a bunch of drugs and there's like 20 of them. The ones that wear the white robes. Um, Jesus and his disciples? Cosmic. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Los Jaivas, you would like them. You should listen. I'm not sure yeah. right now. So, so Marcus, we're talking about our growing experience with Spanish music or music in general. Mm-hmm. mine's the most awful <laughs> mine is the most we were talking about tinder on the yeah. pre-show and and my foray into dating well here's the funny thing so i go to college and i sign up i go mind you i'm fourth generation don't speak spanish and oh wait why am i because i'm pre-ed i'm fixing it in pre 
Fixed again. Pre later. That scared me. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there. We got to make sure the stream doesn't cut out midstream for some reason. This is the fourth time it's done that on this show only, but not on did, any of the other shows. I was about to say, like you, you played video games yesterday. Did it not cut out? Didn't do it there. But anyway, beside the point. Um, so you know, Eng- I speak only English. I eventually went from Southeast Fresno, which is not the the bump 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 side of town, to the new developed town uh, side of town. Mostly white people. Let's just be honest. And then I went to college, but I signed up for the Chicano Latino floor in UC Santa Barbara, which is in Southern California. And a lot of other Southern Californians made it to that school and signed up for the Chicano Latino floor. And a lot of them were from like L.A. and Compton and Boyle Heights and uh, Huntington, Par- uh, Huntington Park and uh, a bunch of places that are very scary and very Mexican. <laughs> and, um, and so they're, and they're all smart people. I'm still friends with a lot of them to this day. But they were speaking both English and Spanish, and I was clearly a fish out of water. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I am in over my head. What have I done? Because I'm just a kid from Fresno. I then end up, as I go along, uh, learning a little more Spanish and hearing the music that they play. But then I started getting involved in an organization called Hermanos Unidos. And they're non-frat, but they do like community service. Uh, we did outreach programs, and uh, we partied a lot as well. And at those parties... They would play regular music, you know, regular pop music, I should say. And, you know, you're regular. And at the time, it was like party rock anthem and all that type of electronic uh, dubstep was all the rage around that time, dating me ever so slightly. And then what would happen was a Pitbull song would come on, Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. And I'd be like, okay, I could get down with this. And then every so, actually not every so often, every time around uh, 12th. No, 11.45-ish, Pitbull song would come on, bam, Spanish tracks. And I did not know how to dance Spanish tracks at all. And then these people knew the difference between the salsas, bachatas, the cumbias, all that. And I didn't. And so I'd be dancing with somebody. I'd be like, oh, you're cute, whatever. And he'd go to Spanish music, and I'd be dead on arrival because I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. And so I said to myself, I got to (laughs) learn. And so I started listening to the music. And then I started going up, and this is, this is a strategy for you young folks out there that uh, once social distancing is over, I would just go up to the prettiest girl at the, at the party when the Spanish music would come on, and I would just say, I don't know how to dance to this. Could you teach me? Oh, and usually okay. they were gracious <laughs> enough to do so. And they would teach me by the time I was a senior. I was still doing that. But it'd be like a minute in, and I'm just spinning them and dipping them. And they're like, like wow, you're a really good teacher. And <laughs> so... That's how I got familiar with a lot of the music that uh, essentially now, which is even funnier, is part of like the Mexican TikTok kind of generation and the very popular musical tracks like El Sonidito. Everyone knows that song. It's like, what's the song that sounds like a fire alarm? That song. you know, Everyone knows that song. But my favorite one, and this is the one that got me back to my roots that brought it back. So at the end of every event that we would throw, as Manos Unidos would throw... At the end, you would just hear El Rey would come on and we'd all get in a big circle and hug and we'd all sing it and rock back and forth. And I was like, and I don't know Spanish, but I'm singing it full Spanish, all of my heart, fucking gritoing like I've been doing it a hundred years. I hadn't. And... And that became something where it's like that was another form of familiarity now. Now that that Spanish music, the party Spanish music, was interlocked with my family stuff and a lot of my close friends during that time. 
And so then that kind of closeness came to where it's like, okay, if I hear those songs, I could, I just start dancing like a madman because I had such a blast during that time. And then that's kind of where the marriages of the music I had growing up, the uh, Santana's, the Tejano music. I didn't really undefined Tejano music. That was just kind of there. The banda music that I grew up with and Chente and stuff. And then it all kind of came to a pass where it's like, okay, now I have a full understanding of Mexican music. And then, uh, what's, oh my God, I just lost the name of it. <sighs> what's the new popular Spanish music? Oh my God. What oh, am reggaeton? I? No, uh, reggaeton. There you go. Why couldn't I think of the word reggaeton? No. It's not new. It's 10 years old at this point. I know. I know. But it's new to other people because we no, were. I get it. At the point we were telling the story, it's new. It was like Daddy Yankee. Well, no, a... Gasolina was like a couple of years prior to me. I was still in high school when Gasolina came out, I think. And But but I was still like, oh, shit, this song's dope. And so then you mix that in and then that starts kind of growing. And then it pauses a little bit, and then Despacito comes out. And it was already kind of famous around Despacito, but then that but song Despacito came out. only like five years old I today. know, I know. But that was the one that made it like, all right, we're doing this Bless now. You. And then Drake started having fucking the songs that were like that, and then everyone uses Neil. those beats, right? Yeah. That, yeah. It's all the same. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, and and Bad Bunny Bad comes. Bunny. And now he's the number one star in one of the number one stars in the fucking world, right? That's that's the evolution. People go and people don't know. At least I assume that the general population doesn't know that that's not Mexican. <laughs> that's completely no. I would say that. the general they they would know it's not. But it, I mean, I'm just amazed this dude took off. Like it's great that it did because he's the artist that I would feel like the Latinx community needs at this point. He's amazing in all the ways. It's funny because we want representation and then we get guys like that and he's very pro trans very pro gay he's very androgynous in a lot of ways in some ways and a lot of and a lot of women love that i love it myself it makes me uncomfortable and i address that it makes me uncomfortable in certain ways but that's because i'm not used to it uh, and i'm uh, at least aware enough to know it's like oh that's for a reason and those are my biases i gotta chill it's really all it is and i'm pretty able i'm pretty good at checking that but there's a lot of people that are still weirded out by him and don't quite understand him, and 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 so he's he's well, that, hanging that goes, around. And his, that what, goes his, into the next topics that we'll be talking about on this podcast. Yes. Yeah. But that being said, I think this is the point for the break because we're about to get into in the last part of this podcast. Oh my! That's how you want to do it? Oh my God! We're getting into commercial territory. That means I got to do a commercial break, which means. Everyone can find out our 10% discount code when they watch. So we'll be right back after this. I'll go ahead and refresh my drink and then we'll wrap everything up. Thanks for sticking around, folks. We'll be right back after this. I forgot to turn you guys back up. That whole since we got back from the commercial <laughs> was a waste. <laughs> no, the best part is that they, it's on it's audible on my end. So, I, uh, nope. Actually, no, that's not the case. Whoops! I forgot. To, God damn it! That's on me. So let's start our picks again. Where's the future of Mexican music? <laughs> that was such an organic conversation. I don't know. I know. I know. <laughs> God dang it. You know rehearsal. what? Rehearsal. Because no, because we can go back to the My fact God. that 
Mana was there. The Cheetah Girls were there. <laughs> neon Indian. I do say we have to give Neon Indian a little shout out. Neon Indian. Is he Mexican? I think he's Mexican. And his most recent album, I think if you listen to like Toyota Man is the song, it samples La Cucaracha. It's a really good song. I feel, I feel like you really need to listen to it. I'm going to check that out, yeah. Yeah, I think Neon Indian is... He's definitely... Neon Indian is from Austin. I mean, I saw them in Austin. Yeah, he's from Denton. Mexican-born Alan Palomo. Well, oh, there it is. Let's see. This is Dos Santos. I'm already into this band. It's so what's interesting is that this is like their slow stuff. Like they're normally really heavy and like kind of punk. That's kind of funny because it reminds me of like when people are people tell me Connor is so good at concerts. Connor from Bright Eyes. Oh god. Like, I've never seen him live. I've never I, and all his stuff that I know is slow, but everyone's like, "Yeah, he's so amazing and he plays his stuff faster." And I'm like, "Okay, I guess." Uh I think an honorable mention should be Gali <gasps> Yes. Yeah. She, um, she is, uh, what is, she's not Mexican though. I did know Colombian. that. She's Colombian. She's from this area. She's from like DC, Virginia area, I think. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. She's like from, she's like from here. There's a whole lot. If you like go on the Twitter that you can like read all the threads about the controversy about how She's like really played up this like kind of like chola, you know, look. Right. But that's not really. She's like not. That's not right. And what uh, she was. so, by the way, this is live. Yeah, Spider Man for a cause. The fact that you couldn't hear half of our audio should indicate that this was a live <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but we. But but hey, this is episode two. And Nicole will definitely have more insights on other things. But because we lost that one question of Mexican artists for the future, um, I do want to ask one more question. So that way we have a little more uh, content for this episode because it is going so well. Because, um, uh, But I do want to tell real, real quick as I make that adjustment for losing the so, audio. So, so side note, Asterix, Nicole is who I wanted for this podcast way back when. She just I, I told her about the last episode way too last minute. Okay. Well, no, you, didn't, you didn't even tell me about it. Yeah, dude. No, I told you about afterwards, and you were like, "Yeah, I kind of got plans." <laughs> no, yeah, you told me after the podcast happened, and I was like, yeah. "I would have done it." Yeah. Point being, Caliucci's going back to that. <laughs> I, I, I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm down with her, and I thought I was just being a hater, which sometimes I am. But then I, t- I looked at her look, and yeah, it was like very trollish. I was like, okay, but then I was like, she's Colombian, and you're already telling me that she's that that's actually a concern. I'm glad that like. My cholo senses, even though I'm not a cholo by any means, <laughs> by any means, it was like this, the alarm was off. It was inauthentic. And that's another thing that I worry about is th- – and this is actually – this is where my question was because it, it was organic and it is something that I am concerned about for the future. And that is Canadians speaking Spanish in their songs, namely Justin Bieber and Drake. <laughs> um, no, not specifically them. But as as reggaeton, as – we become more of a Spanish-speaking population, uh, Mexican, every sort of Latinx culture starts making more money for people uh, when it comes to our buying power, when it comes to music and movies and things like that. When people start tapping into the fact that our rhythms are popular and people like our music, a lot of people that are not of the culture are going to start trying to duplicate it and emulate it. And we're very close to – like Despacito – 
people got mad at, at Justin Bieber, or they loved the song. Then Justin Bieber performed it at his own concert, and he was saying, like, burrito, burrito. Like, he didn't know the words to the Spanish. <laughs> yeah, and everyone that. got pissed. And I was like, what the fuck did you expect? Did you think he was going to respect the culture? No. Daddy it's not Yankee. about respecting the culture. It's about respecting the language. Like, he definitely learned that song phonetically and did it thousands of days. Right, right. <laughs> I understand that. But Daddy Yankee, businessman, hey, biggest pop star in the world, one of the biggest pop stars in the world. Let's make a track with them. Absolutely. A remix to a track I've already made that's really popular. By all means, I don't mind that. Drake throwing his Spanish, like throwing in Spanish and stuff. Uh, um, the Weeknd. I like The Weeknd. I love Hawaii, but that song. But it's like, okay, he's just kind of doing it just to do it. It's not really his thing. He's Is he also Canadian? Yeah, he's also Canadian. Jesus. They're all from um, Toronto. They're all from Toronto. So a lot of these Toronto people singing Spanish. What's going to happen? I'll say this for you, Marco. What if you see like Justin Bieber all of a sudden wearing zoot suits or something or like starts taking on some sort of Chicano culture? People start dressing like cholos that aren't really cholos. I feel like I already saw Michael Jackson wear zoot suits and I was just like, okay. But Michael Jackson could do whatever he wants. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair. But um, I guess, well, like Shia LaBeouf wearing the being a cholo in the movie. It's going to go to music. He he tatted his chest like he gets a pass. But I, I do feel like it's funny that, like... But does he, though? He, no, 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 no. Here's where I think it's funny. And it's just because it's the realistic part of the, the conversation. We're so desperate for resp- representation that when you see Shia LaBeouf playing a Mexican, do I see why it's bad? Yes. I'm kind of smart. My <laughs> Latina cousins? No, they love that shit. They're like, oh, he's hot, like, playing... <laughs> right. And that's right for the pick. But I, I want to make a comparison. So, um, my favorite podcaster is named Hassan, and he is Middle Eastern. And he talks about, like, no, Middle Eastern people really love that Aladdin is set in Middle Eastern times. And they love the songs when the guards are like, we're going to cut off your hands if you do something bad. Like, it's, like, just universal for cultures that don't get much play, that it's just, like, no, we're okay with this because at least we're on TV. Right. By the way, Argo, <laughs> Argo, thank you for subscribing. Appreciate the subscription. But no, uh, so you think that <sighs> I don't think it's just the reality of it. It's it's that's why we're doing this podcast. Where it's just like, <laughs> what is real and what's not. Right. Because- but that's the thing is like when you when Justin Bieber is singing Despacito, like we know he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. But when like. <laughs> Caliuchis is like, yes, I'm a chola. Like, look at me. And you're like, oh, she's from like Greenbelt, Maryland, had blonde hair and was like very white passing and a white person her whole life. And now she's kind of jumping onto this, like the the Takis Latin X kind of vibe. (laughs) Can we call it that though? Is that already called that? Because that's a great nomer. The Takis Latin (laughs) X trend. I feel like the Latinidad. I'm just like, (laughs) I I love her music and I've loved her music for a while now. It's good music. yeah, it's like you're really upping this like this thing that like you weren't this thing not that long ago. What's right. wild is that I thought she was from Argentina because I like follow her on Instagram and things like that, and like everything that she posts, it's like in Argentina. So like, are you saying no? That she went to high school like thirty minutes <laughs> away from me. That is wild. Exactly. So it's like it's like okay, like. W- Yes, it's like me being like I'm super Dominican, I'm Dominicana, but like I, I grew up here in the United States. So it's like I'm not. I don't know. I think there's just like a level of like 
cling to, and there's like a bunch of Twitter threads that, that call her out on so many different things, but that, yeah, like it's, it's just like being authentic to you. Like Justin Bieber's not trying to be Puerto Rican. Like, so, you just know that. Hey, so I'm going to do the rest of the podcast like this. Okay. Because <laughs> like I got the top button done and I'm going to do it. Okay. So I, I, I know that you're played a character and how dumb that is, <laughs> but there's a girl that does that on, for, on TikTok. Yeah. And now I follow her just because it's like, all right, well, no, right. she's my friend. Right. But you, but, <laughs> but like, it's a certain point, it's fun. But at another point, it's like, hey, man, this is the new podcast. We're going to take it a whole this direction. We're going to talk about burritos, your favorite takis flavors, and how many pan dulces you can eat in one sitting, eh? That's our podcast now. And it's like, do we need that's another one makes- of that? That's what makes us different is that we're trying to see what's authentic and what's real. And we're all American, like all four of us. Like <laughs> right. We're very Americanized. I think you probably know the least Spanish of us. I do. I'm Not like, I have a lot of other faults that are like, yeah, no. I mean, definitely Alfred even gives me shit about like, nah, you're basically white because. But, but the idea is, are we okay with people taking it just because we don't have anything? Music, and we're talking about musically in this in this instance, because when the weekend starts speaking Spanish, he like I said it doesn't matter to him. It's just him doing a performance. But when it comes to actual Spanish speaking artists, and I mean, Caliucci is being one of them. She makes her own, you know, makes her music. She sings it. That's fine. Her appeal being fake, they're artists. They got to put up some sort of front, you know. Um, you know, the guys from Parliament Funkadelic, not real aliens. So, um, you know, everyone has their thing. So <laughs> I'm, glad that you, I'm glad that you two appreciated that. I was like, who had a real big persona, right? That was right? a good joke. But, was. but the idea is we're real people. And we always get mad at people. Cinco de Mayo is right around the corner. And we get pissed every year when the white people are yeah. wearing the mustaches and yeah, the hats. Cinco de Mayo happens, we're going to be talking about racism. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, but but we get, but, you know, but people get we get we get pissed off. We get mad at people that do that stuff. But are artists getting a pass? Uh, Beyonce dressed up as Frida Kahlo one year, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, yeah, it's Queen Bee." And I'm like, "Why does she get a pass?" I mean, I guess she's not disrespectful about it. She wasn't being disrespectful about it, but that's ours. But did she make herself look Mexican? She gave herself the unibrow. She has that song, Mi Gente, that she like, sings in Spanish and everything. Right. She is from Houston. Like She does kind of maybe have a Mexican influence. But yeah, yes, you give artists a pass. And it's because artists are trying. And do we give artists of color more of a pass than we would white artists? Ooh. To, to do what exactly? Or in what regard? Like, you know, to, you know, if... I don't know. Like you grade their movies on a curb or that you say like, oh, yeah. this dude is Hispanic because he has an O at the end of his last like, name. Like Beyonce, okay, she's black, so she can dress up as a, as a Mexican woman appropriately, right? But then if like, I don't know, if Justin Bieber dressed as a, a, as a, Me- as a Mexican man or a cholo, would, like that wouldn't be as okay. Is yeah. that I, I think Beyonce, I think Beyonce is a different being because she is a different being. She's one of the most, she's beyond music at this point. She's more of a world icon even beyond music or industry so it's a hard comparison because justin bieber is a music icon but he's not a world icon uh you know he's not he doesn't have the same pull beyonce can do a lot of things that a lot of people can't just period so i think i just think that it was unfair that 
Because I, but I, I mean, yeah. I, I think Nicole's question is really fair. If you like, just change it from Justin Bieber to Shia LaBeouf. Did he get a pass because he's a world icon? He got a pass because he's a white guy. You gotta, yeah, he's but like, he's also like an abuser now. So. Well, no, he's always he's always <laughs> been one, but people but people tend to ignore it because he's a artiste or whatever. Um, you know, some people get more chances than others. Clearly, we know that. Um, less so these days now. Thank goodness, people get mad about cancel culture. It's a different podcast, but I, I don't know. I just I kind of get irritated when it's a non-native Sp- Spanish speaker speaking Spanish in a song. I'll still dance to it. I'll still enjoy it because the rhythms are ours and the music is ours. And and Lord knows that maybe a, a Latin person is getting work, right? As a, as the producer or the trumpet player or the drummer. Um, but it still irks me, you know, because because the name's not at the front forefront, you know. And that's what's more important to me is I'd rather have Spanish music from people that have done it and is their thing. Even if it's Spanglish, like Kuko's a perfect example. He's Spanglish. He's just an American kid like me. He's like, okay, I know a little bit of Spanish. I can sing it enough. I can rap in it enough. And that's it. That's great. But Justin Bieber, he's Canadian. We know his background. He's been doing this since he was 13. There's no way he has any sort of influence. There's no argument there. Drake, same thing. I don't know if Degrassi had that many Mexicans in that high school. You know, it's like. Well, it's a high school in Canada. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't watch the show. But that's awful. It was the pregnant one. <laughs> <laughs> no, they like they made like the Latin girl like the, uh, the, the quote unquote the slut. Of course they she did. Got pregnant at like fifteen, she wore like thongs. What's her name? I forgot. What, what was Degrassi on? Because it wasn't on Nick. The N. The N, which is the yeah. teen Nickelodeon. Nog- <laughs> yeah, the noggin, but for the teens. But that's that's what I'm saying though. Is like because we're in a world that is so. Nothing's a mystery anymore. We can look up everything and everything's been recorded. New artists, we're going to know exactly. We have Facebook pictures of their being, them being newborns, right? From the day they were born to now. So it's like the baby can't be like, oh, yeah, I love Mexicans. I hang out with Mexicans all the time. The baby is an artist. I know he is. That's what I'm saying. The baby. <laughs> but like, the, that's what I'm, maybe I got confused. But the baby's going to be like, yeah, I'm, I did a Spanish track because I love Mexicans. But we see his MySpace profile, no Mexicans there. All you know, all kids from an I upper mean, crust, you know, private school. I'm just lying, there, right? There's but. just a difference between homage and I'm trying to be that. And then I think that the both a lot of cultures understand the difference. And I think the Mexicans are actually pretty bad at understanding the difference sometimes. It's just because we don't get it. Which is like yeah. you said, to your credit. Go ahead, Alyssa. So just kind of like kind of taking it like off subject or anything but like did you know that there's like a really prominent like Tejano cholo scene in japan yep which which to me that's homage because they're not trying to do it for gain they're doing it to be inherently what they find authentic uh let's let's look at that can you look it up marcus actually or i can pull it up yeah i'll, I'll look it up yeah i mean it's really interesting like it, it's, it's beyond interesting yeah have you heard of this nicole have you seen these guys I feel like I've heard of it, and when I when I think of that, I kind of think of like the on our end, like the Gwen Stefani, the Harajuku girl thing, right? Where she like had like Harajuku girls on leashes. Well, she was China. She was like, Chola too for a moment there. Gwen Stefani. Yeah. She, she's been I mean, all of I it. I give her the LA pass, right? Because she's from LA. Fair enough, right? Right. right. But she but she did it, and people and she people let it happen, and people have brought it up, and they're like. That's fine because she did. She's did everything, right? She's just kind of like I said, uh, an artist making 
changes yeah, these dudes are appearances. like old school Tejano. No, they're oh these guys are Tejano. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. Play, no, play the music. Yeah. Turn the headphones up. They're all Japanese, in case you can't tell the difference. This is con, Conjunto J. That is amazing. I'm sorry, Alyssa, we couldn't hear you. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just like pre-COVID times, that Conjunto Festival, um, it's like a huge staple here in San Antonio. It's like completely free and it would happen like every year. I want to go see that. Is that during, um, fuck, what's the festival? Fiesta. uh, Fiesta. No, it's it's not during Fiesta. I want to say it's like a couple of months before or after. Yeah, no, that's amazing. See, I was I was thinking completely different. I was thinking about the the lowrider cholos, Japanese people. That's a whole subculture. Yeah, have, have you seen what they did to lowriders? Uh, did they make them Gundams? Because I want them to do that. <laughs> no, they they just like scientifically made hydraulics so it slowly rises and falls, so it doesn't jump. That's like a Mexican lowrider. That's kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> ours are pretty rickety when it comes to that regard. I mean, it's all airbag. Well, airbags. Yeah, it's all airbag it's pistons, right? Yeah. But no, but that's, but like, see, I think that's the main difference. Those guys aren't doing it to be like, I'm pandering. Those guys are like, I love this music. I don't care if I'm Japanese. I'm Tejano at heart, right? And they pull out the accordion and they do their thing. That's, in terms of when it comes to the solo music, that's where it comes from. My and I fucking my parents would be disappointed in me for not bringing this up. My grandfather was a musician his entire life. He was a drummer, and a lot of my understanding of Tejano music was from drumming and stuff like that. And so, when you see him do it, and you see my cousins do it, and my uncles do it, and they're not making much money, and they're still doing it. That's for the love of the game, baby. These people right here, uh, just to sidetrack back to the Japanese cholos, they're doing it for the love of the game, baby. <laughs> It makes no sense. It's unclear to me how that happens, but they're not hurting anybody, to my understanding. Unless they're unless they're gangbanging like cholos, then I wouldn't like it. Right, but a lot of it is just aesthetic, right? Um, So you can make that argument that even some aesthetics are American culture. Our our stuff is American culture, so therefore people could take it. But music specifically, you know, as much as I don't like the bump, 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 if someone takes it, that isn't of the culture or isn't close to it and doesn't love it, then it's not worth anything. And I think that we're very dangerous when we let Justin Bieber sing songs like that, you know, where they just don't care. I think it gets diluted is my concern. I don't know what you guys think, but that's how I feel. I'd like to like listen to an interview or someone maybe ask some of these singers, like, why did you choose to sing that verse in in Spanish. Like, I want to know like their why, like their intention behind it, because I think that would clear it up. Like, I feel like, yeah, Justin Bieber's would be like, Oh, my producer gave it to me. Though. That's like, what I, <laughs> but that's what I feel that the answer would be is that the producer made me do it. Cause it's going to make lots and lots of money. I, I can't, I can't see it being why it that makes no sense to me. Why anybody would, unless they loved it or the producer told them. And I don't think Drake loves it. I know Justin Bieber. He proved he didn't love it. Cause he didn't know the fucking words. Um, Drake really love anything. Yeah, like Jenny Freak. Rihanna. Yeah. It's pathetic. <laughs> it's kind of pathetic at this point. Well, bro, I want to end this on a positive note, which is like, because we just had this random argument about representation and stuff. So hmm. I just want to be like, hey, here argument. are three different 
three completely different artists that you should check out if you like Mexican Americans making music. And my first is so this dude is called uh, Jimi Hendrix, but with an accordion, and it's Flaco Jimenez. Is it Jimi Hendrix with an accordion? No, I thought that's what the name was too. Oh, no. Okay. No, 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 his name no, is Flaco. Jimi Hendrix <laughs> no, with an accordion instead of a guitar. Like he, that's how <laughs> that's how good this dude is. Wait, so this is his- Flaco Jimenez is the name of the artist, not Jimi Hendrix yeah. with an accordion, which is a great name for a band, also. <laughs> It's like Chicano Batman. <laughs> I love that. Right. But that's, I, I, I'm taking that as my nickname. I should make that my Twitter name. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix with an accordion. What was fun fact about Flaco Jimenez, he was the first person that I like opened up for DJing. What? What? That's awesome. Are you like famous? No, <laughs> I'm like, am I here with a famous person? I don't even realize it. It's real neato. That's right <laughs> I kicked somebody off the stage so I could do it. <laughs> I, I tied him up in the bag and I said I was this person and I did my thing. No. Well, on to the, the rock brand of things. I'll go with uh, the woman band from San Antonio as well, Fee. Fee or Fea? I think they're Fea. Fea. Fee. <laughs> I was trying to translate, but yeah, that's fine. I like it. There it is. And you have one more you said? Yeah. Put that in the uh, headphones, it, man. Turn that up. Just for the audio listeners, man. They, they're over here wondering who these people well, are. Well, the last one is rap. It's Snow the Product. She's real big on the underground I, I, I don't know why I said it like that. But. Coming in the rough and bitches can't tap by the rough and all that. Thinking I'm going to have to quit playing. I've been staying in my lane and I ain't never switch any but to me. This game ain't pay me right. Ooh, I was going to kill him. Lord, save me. I've been the realest bitch coming in the game, yeah. And you know what, Marcos? Since we're doing this as well because you gave your three and because I didn't record it, our picks before, this is a perfect time to round it out. Alyssa, uh, your picks uh, that you had mentioned earlier. Yes, uh, so my first one was Dos Santos. Um, they are from Chicago. They are amazing. Uh, my other one was Chicago Batman. I want to say they're from California. I'm not, I'm not sure either. Um, but another band that I want to mention um, that I've just thought of right now, I don't think that they're Mexican. I think they're Mexican. This is Dos Santos, by the way. Yeah. Go ahead, Alyssa. Sorry, Marcus, you cut her off mid sentence. <laughs> trying to be helpful. I know, but she was like, and then, amor. It's like, oh my god, and work out. Uh, no, but my last band, I think they're actually just Mexican. I don't think that they're Mexican American, unfortunately, but they're called Los Los Master Plus, and they have. A version of Daft Punk's so "One More Time." What? Say less. Say less. <laughs> Play it. I'm sorry, Liz. Did say masturbation? Am I? Am I the only one that thought she was going? To no, be? I didn't think she was. <laughs> okay, sorry. And someone has been heartbroken, as she mentioned it several times during this podcast. <laughs> hey, all right. I'm sorry. Los Master Plus. Una vez más. Oh my god! <gasps> this I is love good. that. <laughs> I love this. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god, I'm listening to this as soon as we get off this call. <laughs> they have so many other great covers. They're amazing. Holy shit, I dig that a lot. Yeah, that's um, not even they're like they have other covers that are just as good. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and then Nicole, back to you. Uh, remind us, uh, due to my insubordination, that's not even the right word, but I've messed up. Your pick that you had for uh, Latino, Latina, Chicano, Chicana, Latinx artist. My my number one pick of all time is Julieta Venegas, just always. Mm-hmm. Um, and then modern pick, I mentioned Cuco, and then Mana. I mentioned Neon Indian <laughs> a lot, a lot of things. Um, oh, Belinda. If you want to play a clip of, clip of Belinda, she has a song called Ni Freud, Ni Tu Mama. And it's so fun. So it's like N-I and then Freud, because it's like not Freud. Okay. Not Freud or your mom. So she was a cheetah girl or like a <laughs> Mexican cheetah girl. Mexican, she was a, I was like, what's a cheetah? Jaguar. Yes. Ooh. Hey, this is neat. What is this again? Uh, hover over? Neon Indian. Neon Indian. He was real big like in 2009. And then he, I feel like, just made a comeback oh, recently with like more Mexican, Latinidad, Takis. Oh. Style music. <laughs> also, also um, hold on. Let me see. This is um, this is going to be at my dark horse pick. Uh, what is his name? Is it Brown Justin Bieber? No, it is. <laughs> speaking of speaking of uh, television stars, uh, we're going to talk about real quick uh, my favorite uh, Drake Campana. Do you guys hear about this guy? No. Drake Bell from Drake and Josh. Oh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, this is ridiculous. Oh no, my. so no, so here apparently. His music that he makes, Drake Bell, is really popular in Mexico. <gasps> Listen to this. You can turn this up. Let's play this out a little bit. That's ridiculous. So so, so here's so that's actually kind of our penultimate. We leave off on that question because his music huge in Mexico. He said, "All right, I'm gonna learn Spanish. I'm gonna call myself Drake Campana, (laughs) and I'm gonna make a Mexican uh, artist. I'll be a Mexican artist. Clearly, very white, and clearly doesn't have the history. But this seems good." This seems like he's okay. <laughs> he's allowed to the carne asada way. Wasn't he a Trump supporter? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's, no. let's just a quick yeah. a, a quick Google. No, no, no. Drake. Hey, got to the point that Josh didn't even invite him to his wedding, and there was like this huge falling out between. Is Drake homophobic? Have you seen the movie El Mariachi? It's about that that guy who was in one of those like uh, X Men movies, the white guy, and he he went to Mexico to learn how to be a mariachi because he went to a Mexican restaurant like in Idaho, and then like left. It was like one of those like I don't know, Cannes Film Festival, international film festivals. But yeah, it's that white guy from the X Men movies. Who, there's a lot of white. Yeah, there's a lot of white X Men movies. What's his, he's like famous. He's like a, a famous X Men. There's a lot of fa- uh, Michael Fassbender. Um, 
it's not Ian McKellen Patrick or Patrick Stewart. I can't imagine. Um, God, there's a lot of white oh, dudes Sean in X-Men. A- Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore. He played, you You know his face. Let's he played think. Iceman. Oh! oh okay, okay, okay. So the guy who played Iceman, yeah, there was a movie where he went, he was like in the middle of small town America. He was in a Mexican restaurant, Mariachi played, and he's like, I want to be that. So this is my random favorite oh. meme that I fall, found trying to find out if Drake supported Trump. <laughs> <laughs> where's the wall? <laughs> well, where's the answer? Did he really? No, I, I, nothing I, I could see right any, away. Anything that says that he did. But people are conflicted. And that is kind of, but that's the thing. It's genuine interest. It's genuinely lucrative. He's saying the Spanish words correctly. Clearly, he knows the words or what he's singing. Is he from LA or some place? It where he picked up Spanish. It doesn't matter. He's a Hollywood child kid. But he's speaking Spanish better than you, who is Mexican. Like it, he definitely picked up the language hey, somewhere. Hey, I've been told that when I speak Spanish, it's very. He's from Santa Ana. <laughs> it's no. It's actually. They said I have no accent, which is interesting. Because I don't know Spanish, but if I read Spanish or if I'm speaking in a Spanish accent, I don't have an accent, so I'm like an announcer, which was kind of neat. So that said, he is from Santa Ana. He's from Southern California. So arguably, arguably there, but then again, Santa Ana is not like the most. So who knows? Can we do, oh, Can we do a segment where we do like pass or fail, where we like, <laughs> just, like hold yeah, up I love and that. It's like, do they get a pass or do they not? Can't, and so it's, they just hold up things. Ju- and like, just like we make the definitive decision. I would love that. Yeah, he gets a pass. So he does. Okay, Drake gets a pass. Margaret, does Drake get a pass? Drake Bell. I mean, I wouldn't call him Mexican, but he's definitely singing songs great. Like, that's <laughs> great Spanish music that he's making. All right, Alyssa, does he get a go? Right, <laughs> right. It feels not right to me. Also, yeah. No. So it's the name Campana is that? That's a little much. That's a little much. Yeah, but we'll, we'll call that a coin toss to be determined. You're on notice, Drake Bell. But Marcus, I think that's it, man. Unless we got any more no, pressing questions, end. we actually ran kind of long. I feel bad for keeping Nicole up till midnight. We but, ha- uh... hey, we had to make up for about twelve minutes that we lost there. So. <laughs> I do apologize. I I'll put that on my on my uh, stuff here. I'll actually have to record something before we get off. <laughs> like, hey, sorry, folks. I'm a dumb man after the commercial break. So, uh, but otherwise, no. This was great, man. Uh, what's our next one for this uh, this show? So it's basically. Um, so this was the fun episode, and we'll do fun again after the next episode because we'll probably go into food. But in between, we're just going to talk about like. The not fun racism that everyone avoids talking about when it comes to Mexican American culture. All right, that was gonna be <laughs> that was gonna be treading lightly on that portion there. But you know what? This was a great episode. I want to thank everybody for being here, Marco. Thank you for hosting, Alyssa. Once again, thank you for joining and being ever so lovely on this podcast as always. And Nicole, what a pleasure it's been to have you on. A lot of great insight. It's funny because like. It may have got lost in the editing uh, audio listeners or maybe video listeners, but Nicole and Marco dated. I can see why. You, you, like It's just like you gelled with me very quickly. And me and Marcos are very close friends. So me and you, Nicole, uh, we're dope. Uh, by, <laughs> from, my, from my consideration, we're dope. As, that was way too cool for him. I'll tell you that. that it's clear. It's very clear. <laughs> but anyway, Marco, tell the people where they can find you. Well, if you just shot Jail Marco 62 into anything, I'll pop up, including words with friends, if you want to give me a go. 
God, Alyssa, you need one too, but where can they find you? Uh, so there's two places they can find me. Me personally, I'm at Ali underscore bun. Um, and then if you want to follow um, Strawberry Jams Vinyl on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we spin vinyl around San Antonio. Weird music. There it is. That's how you spell it, right? A-L-Y underscore bun? Yeah. Perfect. You got it there. And Nicole, where can they find you if they can find you? Yes, you can find me in my rants on Twitter, uh, Nicole Marie 305 It's an unhealthy stream of consciousness. Hell yeah. I'm for it. I know. Yeah, one more time because uh, Twitter, I've started to become a monster on Twitter. I just start calling out Ted Cruz. I'm totally going to get fired from my jobs because I'm just calling Ted Cruz a dumb idiot all the time. One more time for me, though, for the Twitter. Nicole Marie 305. There it is. You came up at the top, followed by Marco. She's all like right. a shark or something right now. Perfect. Am I? Oh, I'm a dolphin. <laughs> and I love dolphins. In the meantime, you can find me, Sammy Gonzalez, on the Mexlets and all forms of social media. Once again, we're doing a little bit of shuffle to social media, but uh, I also have some alternate accounts, SG Mexlets. It's S-G-M-E-X-C-E-L-L-E-N-C-E for my personal stuff eventually once we get it all hashed out. Instagram's terrible, so it might take a minute, but we'll get it situated. And in the meantime, next episode, our next thing thing, what is that, Marcos? Do you have that available or do we have that available? Let me pull up the calendar real quick. I'm pulling up uh, the calendar, and we are Untitled Current Events Podcast on Monday. I don't know what it is, but we're just going to recap all sorts of did, did online you say news. you were going to call it Kicking with the Compass? I think we might commit it to that because it's just free form and nonsensical. Um, but yes, to be determined, that's going to be around 9 o'clock this time around. But once again, everybody, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Support us at MexMerch.com. Follow us at the Mexcellence Podcast on all audio places. Twitch, search the underscore Mexcellence. YouTube, the Mexcellence. And then also, if you want to get really into it, the Mexcellence Archive, if you look us up on YouTube, that has its first video up. The first episode of this show is up there in its entirety. So thank you, everybody, for listening, watching, and we are out of here. Everybody say goodbye to the people out there. Everybody say goodbye to the people out there. Ciao. All right. Bye, people. Where is the intro? There it is. <laughs>